Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of the FIGHT podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 31. Uh, today's episode is going to be great. Uh, we actually have a really, really cool show lined up for you today. We recap this weekend's Bellator 206. We rate the new Dazen social media platform, or should I say the new streaming platform, and how it looked this weekend, and as well as last weekend's card. Uh, and last but not least, we're going to go ahead and break down this weekend's winners and losers of uh, the whole uh, Bellator event. So, boom! That's what's going to happen today's episode. Welcome. And again, my name is Serge Vicente. I am the host of the Fight Podcast. And man, it's a beautiful, beautiful, man, it's a lie. It is an ugly Sunday here in Chicago. It's been raining <laughs> and it's cold again, man. It's like mid 50s. And don't get it twisted. I love fall. So, this is like dope weather we're able to go ahead and you know layer up and do all kind of cool stuff but it's still an ugly day so it is what it is but uh it was a great weekend to kind of sit in and watch fights man glory kickboxing was this weekend and that was on usc fight pass that was super dope and uh the big event of the weekend was dazen or dazen or dazan uh, I've heard it so many ways. The guys on the Bellator telecast last night couldn't even say it right, but uh, Dazen. And uh, they had the inaugural Bellator event on there. They kicked off this year's or their welterweight Grand Prix. They kicked off with, um, with Lima, Douglas Lima, uh, and he was fighting against uh, Andre Korshkov, which is an amazing fight. Um, but the the fight itself was headlined by the which we all believed was going to be a super fight, ended up being anything but. Rory McDonald, it was the hundred and seventy five the hundred and seventy pound champ for Bellator was going to head and fighting against the hundred and eighty five pound champ, and he was challenging the eighty five pound champ Gegard Musasi. I've talked about these guys at length. Two of the best in the world. And the crazy thing about it, <clears throat> excuse me, is that these two guys might honestly be the best at their weight classes, regardless of organization. Gegar could easily beat any of the guys. Well, not easily, but he can definitely be favored if he fights any of the 185 pounders in the UFC or any other organization. And for Rory at a buck 70, the same thing goes. So there's a real, I mean, these are two upper echelon, top 10 pound for pound fighters competing. So yes, this is truly a super fight. 
Um, but before I go ahead and break the fight down, uh, this fight also had the rising star, the rising prospect, Aaron Pico. He went ahead and competed as well this weekend. Um, you had uh, Rampage Jackson, Vanderlei Silva 4 uh, was a co-main event. So, and honestly, all in all, let me let's go ahead and I'm going to start off with Dazzin. Before I go ahead and really even jump into the breakdowns, I'm going to talk about Dazzin. I talked about it a little bit last week when I was talking about the Anthony Joshua fight. Great platform. I'm not going to lie. It was a little glitchy at times. I had to like restart the app like in the middle of a couple fights. Kind of was a bummer. But aside from that, the platform was really, really dope. I actually didn't have any trouble last time. So I'm assuming they're starting to get more individuals. So it, it, I'm sure it was a thing. But that's okay. That was neither here nor there. The, the platform itself worked well. Um, and so for me, all in all, it was, uh, I'll say, an A minus. I give it A minus just because of the like the glitches, but the production value was great. It looks amazing, really, really great HD quality. The commentary is fantastic, um, and even the lead up that they have for the fights, uh, the team. And I'm going to talk about AK and Barack, who are there commentary team essentially uh there's some they're boxing guys from out of uh, new york but and i'm gonna talk about them also in a bit but uh you know what i'm gonna talk about them now that is my one thing that i realized i did not like about the dazzin platform they were going out there and they were interviewing um chel sonnen it is evident and it is so blatant that these guys just don't know MMA. And the problem with it is this. A lot of hardcore boxing fans, and look, if you're a hardcore boxing fan, don't get me, don't get me wrong, don't get bent out of shape or anything, but a lot of hardcore boxing fans don't tend to mess with any of the other sports, combat sports that is. They almost like turn their nose up to it, like they're too good for those other sports. These guys felt that way, and you can tell that they're not really that versed in MMA. They really don't know MMA very well. And look, that's that's not a that's not a bad thing, but you can't sit there and pretty much diss the guys you're interviewing. When you they're they're so dismissive, man. You can't be dismissive when you're talking about somebody's sport. You're not gonna go ahead and get the best out of the person that you're interviewing. Fortunately, they were interviewing Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen doesn't need a crowd to entertain. And he was able to go ahead and kind of roll with it. But you can tell he was the one trying to pull something out of the interviewers. But look, I digress. It's cool. All in all, when those dudes are talking about boxing, they're great. But look, Dazen, get somebody who actually understands and actually knows MMA and actually respects the sport. And... Maybe you should get somebody who not only knows and respects MMA, somebody who knows and respects boxing. So if you guys do something that's like, you know, going back and forth, at least the person will have a little bit more enthusiasm about it. Look, I'm just saying the fight podcast host Serge, he said they'd probably be a good place to start. But hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but um, all in all, look, the platform is great. Um, it looked great. And. All in all, Bellator, kudos to you. Bellator 206 was an amazing card. And not only was it an amazing card, it truly delivered. 
Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Listen, subscribe, rate, share. The the Fight Podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. And while you're at the website, don't forget to purchase merch today. Boom. All right. So all in all, the card itself, we're going to go ahead and start top and go down. Man. The alleged super fight. Rory McDonald versus Vigegar Musasi. I honestly was so excited about this fight two guys who I have a lot of respect for who I believe are just upper echelon dudes and like I talked about a little bit earlier both of these guys are easily top 10 top 10 in the world pound for pound regardless of organization these guys would be in that mix so when the fight was initially announced I saw this fight being a little bit more of a dog fight But after I watched the fight, and let me go ahead and break it down first. This fight takes place San Antonio or San Jose, California, uh, SAC, SAP Center out there. Um, 11,000 people screaming their heads off. It was it was great. The bottom bowl where the majority of the fighters are was full. It was a little th- uh, thin up top, but still, there was crazy energy in the arena, and you can feel it. Uh, San Jose is, gr- is a really, really great fight town. Strike Force is originated there. The owner or the president of Bellator, Scott Coker, he's from there, so he's been somebody who consistently puts on fights in that area. So, I mean, the entire Bay Area, man, crazy, crazy fight fans. Really, really cool uh, place to go out there, and actually just that fight culture out there is amazing. So... The crowd's going nuts. Everybody's waiting for this fight. Two of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. They're finally going to go out there. You look at them in the face off. They, they, they walk into each other. They shake hands. And already from the beginning, visibly, Gegard Musasi, yes, he's, you know, the 185 pound champ, but there's a visible size difference in the guys. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about, um, uh, the smaller guy moving up to fight um, weight class. We were talking about O'Daniel Cormier. Um, and we talked about a couple others. But in specific um, to this fight, the smaller man moving up to compete against the heavier man, if the smaller man is just as skillful, yeah, it's going to be an interesting fight. But if that big man is as skillful as the little man, the little man is going to get run over. And that's actually what happened. The guys face off, they get out there, and right out the jump, I cannot believe how much faster Gegar Musasi actually appeared than the smaller uh, Rory McDonald. I don't know if Rory wasn't feeling it. I don't know if he just, you know, just wasn't in, you know, the, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it didn't seem, it just seemed like there was a better man in there that night and it was Gegard Musasi. He was faster to the punch. It's one of the stiffest jabs you'll ever see. He was so much faster. He was longer. 
He stayed on the outside, and after, from his own admission, after the fight, Gegar Musasi says, I knew I was faster, I knew I was more skillful, I was going to beat him in the stand-up and force him to panic and shoot. Yo, if he said that before the fight, I, I would have been giving him, like, mystic, you know, uh, <laughs> um, you know, powers or mystical powers or something, man. He would have, like, known the future on some Doctor Strange stuff. Um, it's crazy. That is exactly how the fight ended up. Big power jabs and some of the straightest punches you'll ever see from Musasi. Roy McDonald didn't have any, didn't have any, anything for it at all. Fight gets into the second round after nothing happens for Rory in the first round. Really, it was just a one-sided beatdown. You could have easily given it a 10-8 round, but I gave it a 10-9. Musasi beat him um, from the outside. And then when the fight went down to the ground for a quick moment, Rory was getting beat up. And that was right at the very end of the round, last um, 10 seconds or so of of the round. Second round begins... More of the same. So out of nowhere, because obviously nothing good is happening with the stand-up portion for Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald, who is, I believe, a black belt on the ground, extremely good, one of the best grapplers. He's even out-grappled some of the best wrestlers in the UFC. Hence, the welterweight champion, uh, Tyron Woodley. In fact, Rory McDonald is the last man to actually defeat Tyron Woodley. Dude is a beast. And again, I, I want to say all this to show you how fantastic uh, Rory is actually on the ground. So Rory goes out there and attacks within uh, Eminari Row. So he pretty much rolls over, tries to attack the leg so that he can bring Gegard Musasi down to him. And hopefully attack the leg, work, hopefully, you know, transition and get on top. It didn't happen that way. And not only did that not happen, one of the things that su- surprised me and it seemed to like surprise everybody else, how Gegard Musasi just sliced through Rory McDonald's guard. He passed his guard like butter. It was very, very reminiscent of when Nate Diaz sliced through Conor McGregor's guard um, back at UFC 206. So watching that happen was really, really interesting, man. Gegar was able to go ahead, slice through his defense, get full mount, which already is really, really difficult to do. But not only did he get full mount, he got a high mount. So for those those of us who don't know what a high mount is, Gegar Musasi was able pretty much was able to sit on Rory's chest and slide his knees under um, Rory's armpits. So all of his weight is pretty much forced directly down on top of this dude. While on top, he's able to pretty much wail down punches and elbows without really much of anything from the man on bottom. And that's how this fight ended. He gets the high mount, blasts him with elbows from the from the left hand side. Rory tries to escape, rolls over, finish him. Some of the most clean elbows you'll see. Um, the ref goes ahead and uh, calls a match. Second round, right in the beginning of the second round. Great matchup uh, from Gegard Musasi. And look, man. 
one of the most impressive um, outings you'll see. Now, where does Rory McDonald go from here? Man, he goes right back down to 170. He has nothing to hang his hat on. He lost to just a bigger man who was just a bigger and better man who honestly he doesn't have to deal with because he's just he's in a different weight class. So now he has an opportunity to pretty much redeem himself by going back to the welterweight tournament that's going on. I'm going to talk about that also in a minute, but it gives an opportunity to go back to the welterweight tournament with still his belt. So he still has his 170 pound welterweight belt. And now he also gets to fight for another title in the Welterweight Grand Prix tournament um, win as well. So he, in January, has to fight the very, very tough John Fitch. But let's be honest, John Fitch doesn't really have any threat of hurting him on the feet and probably not really on the ground as well. So it was almost a gimme fight for Rory McDonald. Granted, no disrespect to John Fitch, but this is what this fight was. This fight was a just in case. Let, let us give him something that he can kind of work his way into before he really has to fight the dogs in that tournament. Because if he does get past that, he has to fight the winner of Ed Ruth and Neiman Gracie. And neither of those two guys are going to give him any slack. So... Hey, when I say give him any slack, I mean, they're going to try to take his head off. Both of those dudes are monsters. Whoever wins in that matchup is going to be nasty. So that's what I, in my opinions, was next for Roy McDonald. He has nothing to hang his hat on. He's good. I just want to make sure his confidence, you know, is back where it needs to be. But I think he should be fine. He's a pretty, you know, headstrong dude. He always seems to have been. And he has a great camp with Faraz the Hobby over there at Tristall in Montreal. He has a bunch of great guys that'll really get him back to where he needs to be. Man, actually, I don't know if he's still with Tristar, but I know he's still associated with those guys. I'm pretty sure he is. All right, so what's next for Gegard? Uh, Gegard, first of all, this dude is beating the who's who. In MMA, Dan Henderson, which is ridiculous. Dan Henderson, Rory McDonald, Jacare Souza, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. Like, I've already named like three past champions. He's beaten some monsters, Tialis Latis, who's who was a, a beast in his time, who just retired last weekend. He beat Mark Hunt. He submitted Mark Hunt at heavyweight. This is a 185-pound guy who only walks around at about 206. This dude is incredible, man. And doesn't nearly get the respect that he deserves when people are talking about some of the greatest fighters of all time. Man, I think he's even beaten Overeem. If I'm not mistaken, I got to double-check that. But still... He's beating everybody. He's beating the who's who. Um, uh, Rafael Cavallo, that's another just monster. He, he And he ran through that guy. Shlomenko, he ran through. Well, no, that was actually a tough fight. But still, he got a win. And now I think Gegard something on the seven fight, eight fight winning streak. Poo. Not only is that difficult to do, he's done it against the best of the best. And all but Shlomenko... And yeah, that's it. 
Everybody else has been a finish. <sighs> Nasty, man. This dude is going on a tear. He's only 33 years old. He has a lot of career left in him, man. He could really, really make a name for himself as one of the greatest of all time before it's all said and done. He did make a couple comments after the fight that I want to go ahead and bring up. And I can't say, man, this dude is one of the... He's funny. He really is. But this is what he said after the fight. Kevin Gaslam is fighting for the UFC well, uh, middleweight championship. Uh, GSP came and he fought Michael Bisping. So, of course, they're going to say uh, I beat a welterweight, but uh, I don't care. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm not mad at him because people were giving him a lot of trash after the fight saying, oh, well, you beat up a smaller guy. And he brings up a really, really good point. George St. Pierre went up in the UFC, fought the 185 pound champ, and he won. Kevin Gaslam in the UFC, who is a natural 170 pounder, is fighting for the 185 pound ship in the beginning of the year. So he's just saying that I did what I was supposed to do against a smaller man. Now, who did he say he wants to fight next? He's vying for that Leoto Machida fight. He lost in a, cl a close split decision loss um, against him a couple years back. After that fight, Leoto Machida pissed hot for uh, PEDs. Gegard's not happy about that. And what Gegard wants to go ahead and do is he wants to avenge that loss. So that is who Gegard says that he wants next. I'm not going to lie. I would like to see that fight. And the good thing is, Machida is now at um, Bellator. I think he gets beat up. But hey, uh, all in all, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Great main event. Uh, Gegard Masasi, salute to you, sir. All right. Uh, Co-main event was the, not the tri trilogy. It was the fourth meeting of Vandalay Silva against Rampage Jackson, Quentin Rampage Jackson. I'm not going to lie. I was not excited about this fight. Two guys in their 40s. First time they fought was 15 years ago. They fought in 2003 and 2004. And the last time was 2006. So, man, it's been 12 years since they fought. I really don't, didn't want to see it. I didn't know what they had left, especially Vandalay, who's on a four-fight losing streak and hasn't won since 2013. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't think I wanted to see it. But, man, that's why they played a game in this matter fight. Yo, it was an entertaining fight. Um... Ended up going to the second round. Uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson gets the finish. TKO's Vandalay Silva in his second round to go ahead and tie the series up 2-2. Two two. Both of them, all, all the four fights have been finished by knockout. Quentin Rampage Jackson has won the last two. Vandalay Silva won the first two. Um, I thought it was entertaining. Um, both guys went out there and... It was just fun. Both swinging. Both seemed to be a bit out of shape. Physically, at least. Cardiovascularly, they could have been cool. They didn't seem to be that tired. But physically, they looked out of shape. It was like the dad bod Olympics. But it was fun. It was fun. They went out there. They scrapped. 
And uh, after the fight, this is what Rampage said that Vandalay said to him. It's a dream come true that he comes to, up to heavyweight because I thought, like, I'm too fat to fight Vandalay now. But, you know, he came up to heavyweight, which means he's a true soldier. And um, after the fight, he said, you know what? We two to two. He said, now somebody's got to be the victor. You know what I'm saying? He said it. So he surprised the hell out of me. So I'm down with the, with the fifth fight, but I don't know if Scott is down with the fifth with the fifth fight. But I'm down for the fifth fight, Scott. <laughs> and, and that's what Rampage had to say after in the post fight press conference. Um, if they were going to go ahead and fight again, if he would he be willing to fight for a fifth time, essentially for the tiebreaker? Rampage says he's down. I hope they don't do it again. It, it makes me uncomfortable when I watch some of those old dudes go at it. But regardless, it was a really really um, entertaining fight. All right, the next fight that I want to go ahead and bring up was the. The, the beginning of the tournament, uh, the beginning of the Weltsway Grand Prix tournament, that fight was headlined by Douglas Lima. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, what? Yeah, Douglas Lima. And, uh, and he was fighting against Andre Korskov. Yo, incredible fight, man. Um, Douglas Lima goes ahead and moves on. He gets the finish in the fifth round, and he goes ahead and gets the rear naked choke and finishes um, Andre Korshkov, who's incredibly tough in the first round. Not enough people give Lima his props, man. This dude is one of the most solid fighters you will see. Well-conditioned, well-schooled, super strong, scary power. And then he has some great submissions to top it off. I mean, yo, he put Korshkov to sleep. Korshkov, the soldier that he was, didn't tap. But rear naked choke, one of the deepest rear naked chokes. And here's the thing. Let me tell you what he actually showed off throughout the fight. Incredible takedown defense. Korshkov couldn't do anything to get uh, Lima on on the ground. Incredible balance, man. Watching uh, um, him scave off these takedowns, pretty much post up with one arm, move the other way. It was incredible, man. This dude is is top flight. In fact, not so long ago, he lost his belt to Rory McDonald at, at 170 pounds. It was such a close fight, split decision. I personally had Lima winning, but I mean, this tells you how good he is. He's upper echelon, upper echelon. So, uh, great fight. He's going to go ahead now and fight. Um, honestly, I don't know who he's going to fight. Oh, he's going to fight the winner of... He's going to fight the winner of Michael Venom Page against Paul Semtex Daily. That fight happens in a couple of weeks. I will break that fight more when we get closer to it. But, yo, whoever wins that one, that semifinal is going to be explosive. So, I can't wait. All right, uh, moving on. Carrie Melendez, um, who is so badass, uh, she go ahead and continues her win streak. Um, crazy power. She wins a uh, uh, split decision victory. Great win. Uh, fought a really, really tough girl. Can't think of her name right now, but th- that girl is an absolute beast. Um, but great win for um, Carrie Melendez. All right, uh, this one I want to touch on really quick. Aaron Pico, the standout, the, the beast, the, the LeBron James of MMA, 
the Olympic wrestling alternate who also was Miguel Cotto's primary sparring partner, who is only 20 years old, who has knocked out all but one of his opponents. He's four and one at this present moment in time. Goes out there and fights an extremely, extremely talented dude. An absolute, a four, in fact, the guy that he fought was a former title challenger at 145 pounds. Yo, Aaron Pico, 20-year-old kid, absolutely runs through him. Lands an incredible combination, lands a huge, huge, huge left hook, clips his opponent, and then honestly, I, I don't know who was refereeing this fight, but that guy needs to get his eyes checked. This fight should have been stopped two minutes into the fight, ends up getting a stoppage around three minutes and 45 seconds into the very first round. Yo, I'm calling it right now. Aaron Pico will be Bellator's 145-pound champion by the end of 2019. He's that good. The dude is ridiculous. It makes no sense how good he is. He loses his first fight ever against a super, super top, uh, you know, grizzled vet at Madison Square Garden. That's his first pro fight ever. He loses in the first round. He's a little overzealous under his own admission. But then he just rips through everybody. Trains with TJ Dillashaw. Trains with the McKees. This guy trains with Freddie Roach. He's an absolute stud. Absolute stud. Um, I'm telling you, somebody that we need to continue looking out for. Um, I'm Again, I'm a huge fan, man. And while I'm on it, this week's winners and losers, 100%. Aaron Pico, huge winner of the weekend. His stock continues to rise. Um, Another winner, Douglas Lima was, in my opinion, the most impressive out of the entire weekend, even though Gegard Mousasi looked incredible, and obviously he's a winner as well. Bellator, their winners this weekend, put on an amazing event. I'm be honest with you, I really don't have any losers. Only loser this weekend is, you can say, the UFC, because they haven't put on a, a matchup or a car quite like this in a while. And also, I'll say this, Bellator, slight losers because... I don't know the numbers, and I don't, I'll have to tell you guys later on this week on one of the episodes. I don't know how many people are actually watching on Dazzin, even though it is far worth the the purchase. It's, it's ten bucks a month. You can get the free trial right now, but it is so worth it. It's a great app. Um, real quick, uh. I want to talk about one of the winners again. Aaron Pico, like we just talked about, he actually called out the 145-pound champ, Patricky Pipple, who's a beast for Bellator. So uh, this is what Aaron Pico, the young stud, had to say. After the fight, it seemed like you kind of called out Patricio Pipple, who was in Pico's corner. What, what exactly happened there at the end? No, all I said was your time is coming. Um it's true. It's a new generation of fighters, young fighters, and, and, the, and the clock is ticking down for, for him. And every day that he, he goes and trains, there's a guy like me just waiting to, to get a shot, a shot at him and, 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 and take his belt. That's just, that's just how, how it goes. Yo, I love the confidence in the kid. That dude is a star. Keep your eyes open for Aaron Pico. 
because before you know it, I'm telling you that guy is, he's the next big thing. Bellator got them one. They really did, man. Salute to those guys. Salute to Scott Coker and the rest of the fam. Um, it, it is very, very, very impressive. Yo, all in all, Bellator 206 was a success. I think that if they continue putting on events like this, before you know it, they 100% catch the UFC and it will end up being the top organization out there. It's, it's going to take a lot, but I'm telling you, man, um, those, those, those guys are really, really doing well. Well, hey, check it out. This is Sergio Center, and that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it was a little short one, but I just wanted to do a quick breakdown to make sure you guys get as much content right when you guys need it. So, um, hey, this is episode 31 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. And follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website thefightpodcast.com purchase merch today thank you again this is episode 31 and i am your host serge vicente until next time peace out